Could the decision to not play in the Armed Forces Bowl have actually been Tyler Beatty's call after all? Plus, how should Missouri approach that game offensively without Beatty? And does the Tiger basketball team have any shot at bragging rights? All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year finance financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And if you joined me on yesterday's program, you'll know that I expressed quite a bit of frustration at NCAA sports in general for just not caring about the fans anymore, in my humble opinion. Very, very often do they not take into their opinions unless they want to get money from them. That's basically what fans are at this point. But also I gave some crap to the Missouri football program for, in my opinion, promoting the fact that Tyler Beatty was going to play in this football game because... For a diehard fan who was traveling down to the game, well, you know, that's kind of a weird thing to tell your fans. But I will say, this could have easily been Tyler Beatty's decision. It's possible that Tyler had a change of heart over the last couple weeks, and really maybe his camp, his his possible agent, or whoever he's talking to, maybe just his mom and dad, his close family members and friends, who knows, Perhaps Tyler just had a change of heart in the last couple weeks, and Eli Drankwitz was basically covering for Tyler in order for him to save face. That certainly is a possibility, and I will grant you that. And if if that's the case, then I'll actually give Eli Drankwitz credit, and I'll also reemphasize what I said yesterday. Tyler Beatty doesn't owe Missouri fans anything. To me, he left it all on the field for Tiger fans this year, especially when you consider that last football game. What do you have, 41 carries or at least touches? So Beatty, nobody can question his toughness. No one can question his loyalty or his production that he's given to Missouri fans for years. So to me, he doesn't owe us anything. I just thought it was strange on at least somebody's part to promote the fact that, yes, Tyler's definitely going to play in this game only for it not to happen. Not the end of the world, but again, just at the top here, wanted to address that. But the reality is Tyler is not going to play tonight. The reality is also several other important Missouri players and prominent Missouri players, most notably Connor Basilak, probably not going to play tonight as well. Maybe Connor's going to dress, but we do know that Brady Cook is going to be your starter. That's been confirmed. And offensively, the biggest thing that I want to see from Drinkwitz and this team is just don't play it overly conservative because that's something we've seen from Missouri the last few weeks of the season with Basilak at quarterback. Especially with Beatty in the backfield, it was, okay, let's run it on first down. Let's run it on second down, and then let's dump off a a screen pass to Beatty 
if it's third and long, see if he can make something happen. We're not going to be able to do that with Cook at quarterback and without without Beatty, in my opinion. You can't be that conservative, and quite honestly, why is Martez Manuel sitting this game out? That's that's question number one. Because what they didn't even attempt to explain any type of injury for him or several other prominent players like Akeel Byers who are sitting out this game. So in a way, with all that said and the Beatty situation, Missouri's basically telling you that this game isn't that important to them. It's not overly important for the program for Missouri to win this game. So if you're going to treat it like that, if you're going to treat it as half a real game and half of a scrimmage almost, well then, let's see what Brady Cook has. I don't want to see him just dumping the ball off in the flats the entire game and then maybe once or twice he takes a deep shot downfield. Let's let him play Open up the entire playbook. Let's give him the keys to the entire offense. I don't want to see a limited playbook for Brady Cook today. He's been with Drinkwitz for two seasons now. There's no reason why, especially with a couple weeks to prepare, there's no reason he shouldn't be handed the entire playbook, in my humble opinion. Now, one aspect of the game that Missouri really should have a decided advantage in is special teams especially the kickoff game because well we all know Sean Ketting is nearly automatic on touchbacks meanwhile for Army well they get a touchback about one out of every three times on a kickoff so whether it's Chris Abrams drain who ran back a kickoff earlier this season Eli Young whoever it might be we've got a chance to to return some kicks there and possibly break some So again, remember, I said touchbacks here. You can get a touchback with a fair catch now. So again, that just shows that the Army kickoff unit is really vulnerable because they kick that ball so short. Meanwhile, you've got one of the best place kickers in the nation, as we all know. On the other side of the ball, though, I do have to say Army's punt returner, Tyrell Robinson, is at least statistically one of the best in the country. So Hopefully, Missouri's punt coverage unit, which has been really good for the most part, will hold up. As long as it does, that should be a huge advantage, actually, for Missouri. Now, when it comes to defense, that could be a whole other issue, a whole other kettle of wax, for sure. A whole other ball of wax, kettle of fish, as I mix up my metaphors there. But let's talk about the defensive side of the ball against that Army rushing attack. But first... I want to tell you about Prize Picks, who makes daily fantasy easy. Because let's be honest, if you're a if you're a DFS newbie, a daily fantasy sports noob, if you will, what can be a little intimidating on some of your mainstream sites with all the different possible options that you have, not only from the size of the contest, but different types of of scoring. Yeah, how about we just make it simple? How about that? Well, that's what Prize Picks has figured out. You just find the player that you feel like you have a statistical edge on, and it's just you against Prize Picks projections. It's really as simple as that. So, for instance, you want to go to Prize Picks, find Brady Cook, find whatever his projections are on passing yards. You think Brady's going to have a nice day? Well, take the over. Maybe you think he's going to run the ball a lot. Again, the, the the options really are endless over at Prize Picks. So 
Just don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on or go to your app store. Again, use the promo code locked on at prizepicks daily fantasy made easy. Okay, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, oh no, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. And they've truly got you covered on just about any angle you could possibly think of, whether it's your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and so much more. So join the over 28,000 businesses already using NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Once again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. Well, if you've been a longtime college football fan like myself, What Army is going to do tonight is not going to surprise you offensively whatsoever. This is classic triple option service academy football. Yeah, it's the year 2021, but Army has been doing the same thing for decades now. And nothing has really changed, at least in any serious, serious way. Because again, even in 2021, Army is running the football on just over 83% of its snaps and they're going to run the triple option on just about every single one of those snaps. So defensively, if you're Missouri, well, the task may not be easy, but the task is actually pretty simple. Really? The question is, can Missouri defeat cut blocks and stay in their gaps? And if the answer to both of those questions is yes, well, then Missouri has a really, really good shot to not only defeat Army, but defeat them pretty soundly. On the other hand, if Missouri isn't defeating cut blocks and they're being undisciplined and getting out of their gaps and watching the football too much, well, it's going to be a very, very long day for the Tiger defense to the tune of probably 400-plus rushing yards. And by the way, it's not just on the front end and the front seven where you got to have discipline too, because it's going to take a lot of defense, uh, excuse me, a lot of discipline for Missouri's defensive backs too, especially the young man DJ Jackson, who I expect to start over uh, Caleb Evans. You see, the temptation is going to be, again, if on 80, 85% of the snaps, Army's going to be running the football. Well, it's going to be really tempting if you're on the perimeter at corner to cheat in, maybe kind of just improv on your own and help out against the run game on the perimeter. And frankly, it's just also easy to fall asleep at a certain point if you're not having to cover the pass on, again, 85% of the snaps. Well, after run, after run, after run, guess what Army does? They hit you with a pass at generally a really good time on a play action. And, you know, their yards per attempt is really, really high, even though they don't attempt to pass very often. So it's going to take a tremendous amount of, de- of, of discipline, again, not only in the front seven, but in the secondary too. 
Also, just defensively, depth is going to be a real issue here. I already mentioned Caleb Evans being out. He was Missouri's best corner this season, certainly their best boundary corner on the outside. Also, you're missing your best box safety, too, your best strong safety. Martez Manuel was really good in run support the past two seasons, a sure tackler, a hard hitter as a blitzer, and a solid guy in coverage in the back end, too, especially against this type of athlete. Now you've got and now you've one of your best interior linemen, Akeel Byers, is out of this ball game, too. A little bit worrisome, i got to be honest, just the depth problems there, but... You know, speaking of Akeel Byers, I think we'll need Darius Robinson on the interior to play a really good game. He was mentioning that he's already been, actually been injured a couple times on cut blocks during his career. Now, just to be clear, a cut block when you're engaged with another defender. In other words, if two guys are engaged, an offensive and a defensive lineman, for instance, are making contact, well, a second offensive player cannot block that defender low. They can block them up high, hit them in the chest, whatever, but you can't cut them low. Well, to me, and obviously that rule is to prevent injury. It's not all about concussions, right? We have the horse collar tackle rule that's also meant to prevent injuries as well. Well, to me, I think we should consider taking cut blocks out of the game. And also, by the way, if you happen to watch the Bucks and the Saints play this past weekend, or actually it wasn't the Bucks and the, or was it the Bucks and the Saints? Regardless, it was the Bucks and the Saints. Excuse me. Regardless, the point is, if you watch Tampa Bay's most recent game, you probably saw Chris Godwin catch a pass, and before he could even turn around, there was a defensive back that just hit him as hard as he possibly could, right in his knee. His his leg hyperextended, and he tore his ACL. Well, to me, we got to get those type of plays out of the game, too, because it's just strange that there's almost been an unintended consequence of, okay, now defensive backs, safeties, linebackers, they aren't headhunting anymore. So now what they do is they go really low and hit you in the legs as if that's now the, the fear factor and punishment of going over the middle. And I understand as a defensive player, you're probably sitting there and saying, hey, I got to be able to have some intimidation factor over the middle somehow. And I understand that. I, I just think, boy, those kind of serious leg injuries, there's just no way to really avoid them there if you're Chris Godwin. I just don't know what he was supposed to do there. So, again, got off on a little bit of a rant there, but I just think that there's a couple ways that we can make football maybe a little bit more safe and, and prevent some injuries without totally taking the physicality out of the game. And by the way, in about an hour and 45 minutes as I'm recording this podcast here, the Missouri women's basketball team tips off against the Fighting Illini in, at noon for their version of the Bragg and Rights game. So check that out on the Big Ten Network if you're sitting around today with nothing else better to do. And of course, the, the men's basketball team will be on BTN as well. So we got to talk about that. But first, I want to tell you that Missouri is now an even bigger underdog over at betonline.ag, a six and a half point underdog. In fact, in the Armed Forces Bowl, the total being 54. I don't have a real strong feeling on the total. I, I tend to lean towards the under when I don't know any better. But the six and a half, I think that's pretty fair, actually. It went from three and a half to six and a half. 
not only a different quarterback, Missouri's best player, Tyler Beatty, out. I think that's a pretty fair line at this point. But I'll tell you what, regardless of what you think of this game or any other, maybe you still like my Central Florida pick. They're up to a plus 230 underdog against Florida tomorrow in their bowl game. Check that one out. But regardless, you got to use the promo code Locked On when you sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. And by Built Bar. Yes, it's the best of both worlds. It's delicious. It's healthy. It is Built Bar. And this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar filled with so much holiday goodness. Built Bar is rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but at the same time, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, while also being high in protein. So again, the best of both worlds. How can you possibly go wrong? So guess what? Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and we'll get you 15% off your next order. Once again, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. One quick note on the Fighting Illini. Illinois will be without its starting point guard, Andre Curbelo, Andre Curbeo, not sure how to pronounce his name, but he's out tonight with an injury. So that may give you a little bit of hope if you're a Missouri fan. But overall, this does look like a pretty terrible matchup for the Tigers, I have to admit. First of all, you've got Kofi Coburn, right? We all know him from the last couple years. The big seven-footer who actually Missouri had probably about as good of an answer for in the country, at least last season, in Jeremiah Tillman. But, boy, sure, you look at the stats so far, it sure seems like Kofi Coburn's game has stepped up another level. He's averaging 21.5 points, nearly 12 rebounds a game this season. If that's not first-team All-American caliber numbers, I'm not really sure what are. But, so obviously, this big seven-foot guy, now all of a sudden, Jeremiah Tillman is gone. Well, the temptation might be to say, hey, it's time to dust off Jordan Wilmore, right? Um, I wouldn't really recommend that. Now, don't get me wrong. I think you can play Wilmore in spots, especially if you run into foul trouble, something like that. Maybe, you know, just to spot some guys for a minute here or there. But to me, starting the game with Wilmore would be a mistake. And it would also, frankly, probably be a mistake to play man-to-man, one-on-one against Kofi to start the game because it just seems like he's too overwhelming size-wise to do that. So to me, if I were the Tigers, I would start my quote-unquote small lineup, which is basically any lineup without, without Jordan Wilmore at this point, but I would start... Ronnie DeGray, start Trevin Brazil, start Kobe Brown. Two of those three guys, of course, obviously Kobe's going to start. But if you want to start Trevin Brazil, fine. At least his length may be able to bother Coburn a little bit. But I wouldn't play man-to-man to start the game. I'd play zone. Because at least when you play zone, you have enough arms and bodies around Coburn that if he puts the ball on the floor, well, double team on the dribble. That would be my other thing. Don't double-team on the catch. Wait for him to put the ball on the floor. 
And when he does, you got to dig down at that ball. Make his life tough. Make him prove that he can pass out of the double team, especially on the move under duress. I'm not saying that this game plan is necessarily going to work, because guess what? Illinois, so far, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, hitting about 39% from deep. So it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's the old catch-22. To me, you got to work inside out if you're Missouri. you got to stop Coburn first and just hope that, for whatever reason, Illinois has an off night from the three-point line because defensively, Conzo Martin's team this year hasn't been very good at guarding the three-point line anyway. So to me, prioritize the inside and then move out. And by doing so, I would start off the game in a 2-3 zone. That's how I would do it. Not a conventional move for Conzo Martin or even my personal philosophy. But in this game, I think these unusual circumstances actually warrant taking a center seriously, which is something you don't have to do all that often in college basketball these days. And thanks once again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. I'll certainly be back on Thursday's episode with a recap of the Armed Forces Bowl of bragging rights. Hopefully at least one of those things will be a positive outcome, right? Well, it's always the season of hope around Christmas. But now, I would highly recommend that you make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your one-stop daily shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.